They know the money you're coming to go. So what? Uh, All right, everyone. Grand rising, great day, and blessed evening. It's your boy Primo. Another episode of Tony Television. You know, Shane come with the straight flush. Uh, tonight I got a special guest. You know, what I'm saying some family straight to my right. I'm gonna give him an opportunity to uh, introduce himself. Yo, what up? What's going on? It's your boy Tez the Gator, man. Representing that trade one pound Utica, New York, Cornhill. Know how we do it, man. I'm here in the building, downtown LA. What up, West Coast? What up? So, as you already know, fam, you know what I'm saying? It's been a minute. You know what I'm saying? We've been trying to, you know, get something together. Uh, definitely glad you had an opportunity to come through tonight. Um, you know, you got some new information, some things out there that I definitely want the people to be aware of. Um, so, let's get into that a little bit, all right? No doubt. Uh, first of all, big ups to you, brother, because you wrote a book. Appreciate that. All right. Well, yeah, definitely. First of all, what's the name of the book? A Chance at Life. A Chance at Life. Mm. Yeah. All right. They said never judge a book by its title, right? But from the title of that book, you know what I'm saying, what, what inspired you to name the book that? Well, uh, because, like, in the form, like, us as humans, we, we normally just be existing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we really don't be living our life. Like, we know people back home that we grew up with that's, like, uh, been born in the same city and been living in the same city their whole life. Mm. They don't do nothing. They don't go nowhere. They don't travel. They don't see what the world, the world for what it is. You know what I'm saying? So me being that I was in that lifestyle and got away from it, it finally gave me a chance at life mm. to see everything and go where I wanted to go and experience everything, you know what I'm saying, explore. I mean, so now, now, now that you have an opportunity now to have a chance at life, I mean, what things have changed since then? Man, everything, yo. Like, I, you know, the crazy thing is like, uh, <clears throat> most importantly is my spirituality with God, you know what I'm saying? That change, I, I really, I'm a, I'm a God-fearing man. I'm a spiritual dude, so I'm a firm believer in the creator. Um, my lifestyle, like how I used to live, you know what I'm saying? Like growing up, I was out there like, <clears throat> it's crazy because I, I look at people, man, I mean, I be trying to see people how they see me, right. how I am now, and they don't know how I used to be, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. Because like, I was a shooter. And I was game banging and all that. You know what I'm saying? I was in the street. So it, it that's what that's what really changed. You know what I'm saying? Because people look at me now like, oh, he's just a he's just a pretty pretty boy dude. Like he just work out, buff, and he's just a pretty dude. But not knowing it's a lion beneath, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like ready for whatever. But it's like when I approach a situation, I, I approach it as a gentleman. You know what I mean? It's like Styles P, a gentleman and a gangster. You know what I'm saying? It depends on how you approach me. It's the energy, I match energy. It's time and a place for everything, right? Right, right. So, so one of the most beautiful things I loved about the book is the titles of the book. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Drop a little science on that. Now, well, 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 first of all, what made you come up with that? Yo, um, it's crazy because like, <clears throat> me writing a book, I always, well, I ain't gonna say always. I wanted to be different. I wanted it to stand out from any other author or any book that's out there. So what he's talking about is like my book, the titles of my books are names of my some some names of some of my favorite songs. Mm. So 
that's what made me do it because I love music. I love R&B. I'm an old school dude. I'm an 80s baby, so I still listen to that. You know mm. what I'm saying? I ain't really in tune with the new music. The evolution of hip hop is all crazy right now. So okay, that that's why I, that's why I chose the name of that, the songs. You know what I'm saying? Because those song titles like relate to what I'm talking about. And and, and if you listen to the songs, it'll bring you back. And be like, okay, when you read my book, you be like, when you hear the song, you be like, oh, that's yeah, I, I like that. I like that song. That and this can remind you of my book. So 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 it's a, so it's a soundtrack to your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's the Tiz Playbook. Definitely, playlist. definitely. Tiz playlist. Tiz playlist. I love that. Yeah. All right. So now, as far as writing a book, I mean, what was was there any challenges in reference to writing the book itself? Yeah, it's it's definitely challenges, yo. Because because for one, for one, you're you're the one writing the book, mm-hmm. so you want everything to be intact. You want everything to be in place. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, you don't want to be all over the place because it's like when you're writing a book, it's like you're talking. Mm-hmm. So you know how we have conversations in the hood. We, we talk, we be on this subject, then right. we'll tear up and switch to something in like five seconds. Okay. You know what I mean? And so that's how I was writing my book. Okay. So I reached out to people. I sent them pages of my book, screenshotted okay. it, sent them to them. And I was like, yo, read this. How this sound? So they was like, oh, it, it, it's definitely a good book, but you all over the place with it. You mm. know what I mean? So they told me to be more articulate and be more, express myself more. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because people want to hear how you feel. You can't just talk about, yeah, my brother got shot, and then I I, I was at the school the next day. No, explain how, how that situation made you feel. You're more in depth with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that And I had to proofread it a lot because right. I, I, I used to read it a lot. Every time when I when I went to go write more more pages and stuff to my book, I would read where I left off at or start from the beginning of the book. So I could be like, oh, damn, I left this out. Or things that just come, because it's your life. So you'd be like, you'll read one, 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 um, one paragraph, and you'd be like, oh, damn, this happened too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you'll add that. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it was a lot of challenges. Well, chapter one of the book is called Back in the Days. Yeah. All right, so well, when you hear that song, right, what's the, what's the, what's the, first, the first thing or the first memory that pops into your head <clears throat> Back in the Days? Just childhood, like uh, growing up as a kid, like watching the little kids on the sidewalk, playing with the colorful chalk, you know what I mean? Doing hopscotch, little girls doing double dutch, the teenagers having water gun fights, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, the older, the elders and everything cooking out. Mm-hmm. You watch the, the older the older people in the, on the basketball court playing basketball and all that. You know what I'm saying? Just just the simple things that happened in the hood. So that's what that reminds me of. Back in the days, it's like, that's when everything was good. That's when niggas walk around with J curls and, you know. <laughs> so, know what I mean? Super back in the day, right, days. Right, back in the days. The good feeling. You know what I'm saying? The, the, real, the real generation. It's like Generation X type. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it reminds me of that. Chapter two is called Temperature Rising. Yeah. That's, okay. that, that's self-explanatory. You <laughs> okay. know what I'm saying? It's like... Temperatures rise is like my teenage year. It's, it's like you're reaching puberty, and mm-hmm. then like you're trying to coming in your manhood, right? Trying okay. to figure out who you are, mm. who, what's your identity. Okay. So it's basically like you're going through identity crisis. Okay. You're trying to fi- figure out who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like who am I? Who, do I got? Do I have to act this way to gain approval? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be popular mm-hmm. or I want to be the lame? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you know what? I'm about to turn it up a notch. Okay. I'm about to make it hot. 
So now the temperature's rising because I want to be noticed. Mm. And okay. I want that approval. Okay. You know what I mean? Is there anything nowadays that, that'll get your temperature to rise? Man, listen. That That's one thing I got to work on. Okay. Because I I have an anger problem. Like I, I, I snap quick. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, the main thing that makes my temper to rise is I have a low tolerance level for ignorance shit mm, okay. and stupidity gotcha. and simplicity. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Like I have my tolerance level for that. It's so, it's, it's like zero. Like I, I can't stand it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. Uh, chapter three, is he blood? Is he crip? Oh yeah. That's my story, man. That's my story. Like, yeah. okay. Everybody know back in the days, like mm-hmm. in New York, everybody know, okay. The Blood and the Crip thing started over here. We in L.A., right. you know what I'm saying? Uh, it started over here in the 60s. So it ain't reached New York to 93. Right. You know what I mean? And okay. uh, Rockers Island, C-74, something like that. Okay. OG Mac started that. Nine Trade Gangsta Bloods. <clears throat> and from what I know, like me watching documentaries and everything, he came, he used to visit L.A. in the summer. Mm-hmm. But then he went back to New York and started the Nitro Gangsta Bloods when he was on the island because he seen how the Latinos were oppressing the blacks. Mm-hmm. So he's like, nah, we can't be having that. We need to start our own thing. So I guess when he was coming out here, I guess his family was affiliated with the Bloods. Okay. So he was like, you know what, I'm gonna start that. And from my knowledge, watching documentaries, like he had no permission to start it. You know what I'm saying? He just okay. did it. You know okay. what I'm saying? So they labeled it as fool from okay. the beginning. And um, it was dead heat. You know what I'm saying? And so people know my story. Like when I came to New York, my brother will tell you, when it came to New York, um, I started riding the Diamond Wave in 9-7. You know what I'm saying? And I turned all my <clears throat> homeboys onto it. So everybody was onto me. You know what I'm saying? And um, because this, these dudes from Brooklyn put me on, rest in peace. One of them's dead. You know what I'm saying? One of them's still living. But they put me on. So I was the first one from my city to be on that blood, the Damu wave, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And But then... Let me ask you a question. Okay. Okay. Yeah. From New York, mm-hmm. born and raised, right? Right, right. So when the, the gangs itself, you know, infiltrated New York, I mean, not everybody initially from the beginning jumped on, right? It was mm-hmm. more like, mm-hmm. yo, that's a Cali thing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So what... Mm-hmm. How were you, or what made your, your, you know what I'm saying, everybody at that point in time want to still, you know what I'm saying, follow, follow in that direction? Well, me me personally, like, when I when I was younger, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could relate to, we all loved Minister Society. You already know. Boys in the Hood. You already know. South Central. You, you know what I'm saying? So we loved the game movies. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. And I was the type of dude that when I was young, like, when I was, like, 16, 17, that's when it was still VHS, DVD. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I started watching <clears throat> gang documentaries. Mm-hmm. And there was a gang documentary that, like, snatched my attention right away. And it was called Dead Homies. And it came out in 94. And it's mm-hmm. a true documentary from out here, L.A., with the blood and the curse. They went to every neighborhood. They filmed them. Real, real, real live mm-hmm. gang members, active. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some of them, by the end of the movie, you'll see the end of the movie, the credits, rest in peace, and mm-hmm. he was just speaking on the document. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I used to watch that every day. And I was infatuated with it. I was like, damn, they really, they really lit at. And, and, and I wanted to believe in something and, like, 
hold on to that. Like, I wanted to be like, okay, I want to start my own. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, we already got the crew. We from, we from the terrace. We from the projects. We got our crew. But I wanted to do this because I was infatuated with the movies, that gangster lifestyle, because I was, like, obsessed with, like, the structure of it, the, organi- the organization of it. I was like, damn, they got discipline. They structured right. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, we can have rules, regulations, and we can do this thing right. So I started it, and um, things went left when I went to prison. <clears throat> That's why it's called Is He Blood, Is He Crip? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because when I went to prison, I was Damu. I went to prison 99. I turned blood 97. So I went to prison when I was 99. So then 2000, 2001, because if you know the history of New York prisons, we got 54 prisons in New mm-hmm. York. You know what I mean? And like, I say like back then it was like 51, 52 ran by bloods. So if you was a crip anything, you had to get shit shaken or you had to get up out of there or you had to sign a PC. So the bloods ran all the prisons. You know what I'm saying? So I went up north. I was blood, so I was good. You know what I'm saying? But it was like the bloods from New York City because I'm from upstate. So the bloods from New York City, like, yo, who put you down? Who who brought you home? And what's the lessons? So they asking me codes and shit. And I'm like, nigga, I don't know none of that. I'm blood. I don't know none. I don't give a damn about none of that. You know what I'm saying? So... I had got locked up in prison. Uh, I was in jail and jail. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to the box, you know, we call it jail and jail. So I was in a box, but then I came out and I was on cube restriction from a prior prison from when niggas popped off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they blamed it on me. Oh, he sent the hit. He did this. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I ain't, I ain't had nothing to do with that. They sent me to my dorm because when I first went to prison, they sent me to Green Correctional Facility. Everybody know this. Green was a crip jail. Crip prison. It was the only crip prison in New York State. They sent me there. So I was like, damn. So I'm sitting in the dorm like this, 60 niggas, like 40 of them bloods, and I mean, 40 of them crips and Latin kings. And it's like me, wildlife, rest in peace, uh, black, too real, slim. It was like five or six of us. That was mm-hmm. blood. We, we, you know, we in the corner huddled up. Mm-hmm. We got to watch our back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we like, Niggas was, they was calling our name, cause this is a reception dorm. So they call our name every day to send niggas to population. <laughs> I send, I see niggas signing in front of me. Yo blood, I ain't going man. I'm signing in homie, niggas can say what they want. I'm not going to population, I'm not about to get cut. All right nigga, whatever. So then it came around in my time. But before I came to my time, I met this crip nigga named Polo. He was in, in the reception dorm. Nigga was cool, you know what I'm saying? And he. Let me read this book, a crypt book, Monster Cody. You heard of Monster Cody. Mm-hmm. So the oath that Monster Cody had in this book is the oath I took to turn blood. I'm like, how is that possible? That's when I realized that the codes and the lessons from the East Coast is all twisted. Mm. So I was like, okay. Now me being a real nigga, I feel like if I take an oath or something, I'm going I'm to I'm stand, stand on that. that you know what I'm saying? Right, right, so yeah. I was like, Nigga, this, I took this oath to turn blood, though. Nah, I, I'm good. I ain't, I ain't fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? So then, now mind you, before I went to prison, though, I got shot by some blood niggas. So I re- already had resentment. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm in prison, and I read my oath in the, in the Monster Cody book. I'm like, damn, this, this is crazy. So I was like, I'm good. I ain't claiming nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I go to prison, boom. I go to the next jail. There's a crip nigga coming in. And he... 
Like I said, I'm in the blood prison. He a crip nigga. So he coming there, he he on the walkway, nigga, crip, nigga, crip, nigga. He letting niggas know he crip. So I'm like, damn, this nigga got to be crazy. He wild. It's 1,500 inmates in here. Probably like 600 bloods. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this nigga got to be crazy. He got to be, he had to put some pain into something. Mm-hmm. So me and him, he, they ended up moving this nigga to my dorm. I'm like, damn, this crazy nigga. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when I was in prison, I had the blood and the crip cassette tape. So I used to listen to both of them when I was in prison. Mm-hmm. So my man Sweets from Syracuse, shout out my nigga Sweets, man. Um, he brought the crip nigga to my, to my cube. He's like, yo, Tez, this my boy Ab, he a crip though. He, he want to know if he, he can listen to your crip tape. I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So this nigga let me know. He, he extra with it. Yeah, cuz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I listen to that? I bring it back, cuz. Don't worry about it, cuz. I'm like. Yeah, nigga, you good, nigga. Go ahead. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. So after he brought it back, me and son started chilling. Okay. We started cooking together. Okay. So mind you, remind you, I was blood though. Right. So the OG of the jail at that time, you know what I'm saying? Two guns from Harlem. He put a hit on me. Yo, stab stabbed his up. That nigga chilling with the crib, nigga. So once the word got back to me, cause you know you're in prison, word right. get back. Right. So once the word got back to me, I was like, oh, okay. It's blood niggas in my dorm. I'm just about to set it on niggas. Fuck that, you know what I'm saying? Niggas want to put a hit on me, I'm about to go crazy, nigga. I start beating them niggas up, me and Ab. You know what I mean? Back in the ice pick out on niggas in the shower. Nigga was cracking, nigga, what up? And I wasn't even crip yet. But then Ab, we spent the yard one night. And he was like, yo, man, you might as well, nigga, you blue, nigga. You bleed blue, nigga. You been crib. You was never blood, nigga. Da, 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 da. I'm like, nigga, you know what, nigga? Yeah, nigga, you right. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. so then I loaked up because he told me, he like, yo, just beat one of them niggas up. And nigga, you crib. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that came about. So niggas look at me like, oh, nigga, you a dolphin. You flipped. You went from blood to crib, nigga. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was like, nigga, but I ain't never went from uh, real to fake. I've never been the bitch nigga. No matter, I don't give a fuck how niggas look at it. And niggas accepted that shit. They embraced it off the rip. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I came home from prison, I went up blood, came home from prison, crib. When I came home, niggas ain't fuck with me. Niggas ain't try to do nothing to me because I put all y'all niggas on. So y'all know what I'm about. And y'all the only reason y'all, y'all I'm the only reason y'all was living because I was the gun busting. My niggas wasn't gun busting. I was letting the nigga don't fuck with my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Doing shit by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never like I was never the type to go get niggas to put in work with me. No, nigga, I'm riding, hopping out, parking, I'm going to air shit out, and I'm out. You know what I'm saying? So that's why that one call is he bloody the crib. Because nigga went from blood to crib. And now that we in LA, I know niggas, some of my homies out here went from they flip like that. And I was like, damn, I thought it was just some East Coast shit. You know what I'm saying? But I know niggas out here that did that too. I was like, "Word, y'all niggas do that?" Shit? I thought I could. I thought niggas out here look at me like, "Nigga, you nigga, set hopper, nigga, you ain't about shit." But all my niggas out here, they affiliated. Is it, is it is it more about the set? Or is it more about the love and the unity you get from the people? You know what I'm saying that that you that you click with. It's. Because in in a situation that that you're in, and then you know what I'm saying, like you said, you came in the game blood, and you was running in with, with bloods, and you was having your own problems with bloods, and then right, you, right, 
you know what I'm saying, you find somebody else who wasn't, you know what I'm saying, who wasn't on that same wavelength, right. but y'all linked on a whole nother level. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So right. at, at that point in time, is it more about the, the unity of the bond or the loyalty to the set? It was, it was, I think it was all that. I think it was the unity of the bond because son took me in like, yo nigga, he said, I see it in you. You mm. do a real nigga, you know what I'm saying? He's like, you don't need them niggas, man. He, and he taught me like, nigga, you don't need a crowd. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Which I always felt like that, but he really opened my eyes. Mm -hmm. He opened my eyes to like, nigga, you don't need a crowd. Mm -hmm. He said, watch this. And it was just me and him claiming this crypt shit in this blood prison. Mm. Niggas ain't touch us. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because you got to think about it. If you got a whole, it's just like if we was in this room and there's 10 blood niggas and me and you the only crypt niggas in mm here. -hmm. Niggas gonna look at us like, hold up, nigga. These niggas got to be crazy or something mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that, why would they claim crit? And they know everybody in New York State is on that blood shit. You know what I'm saying? True. You got to, you, you the underdog, so you got to be certified crazy or something. Like, nigga, why would you do that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but niggas ain't fuck with us, man. Niggas okay. ain't fuck with us. You know what I'm saying? The next one is called the, uh, the four, chapter four. Uh-huh. Up North Trip. Mm. Yeah, so when that, when that, what was, what's the first thing that pops in the memory off of that? That's basically what I just explained, my prison. You okay. know what I mean? Because, you know, that's one of Mob Deep songs, Up okay. North Trip, yes. remember? So that's basically, like, what I just explained, like, my, my prison experience, my Up North Trip, which was, you know, in prison, it's like, it's what you make it, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, my time, me personally, my mm -hmm. three years went by quick. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I made my time. I mean, I did my time. I ain't let the time do me. You know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. And my shit went by real smooth. You know what I mean? I, I never really had no serious issues. Couples fights, couple scuffles, pressing niggas with the ice pig, backing out the razor on niggas. But I never really had to, like, poke a nigga or, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the most I did was beat niggas up. You know what I'm saying? Now, in reference to <laughs> the, the books and... and, and the stories themselves. Do you the at any point in time do you ever say you know what I'm not gonna include this, you know what I'm saying the details like in the risk of kind of putting myself in a bad light or you know what I'm saying kind of you know putting information out there that I shouldn't put out there. Right. You know what I'm saying are there are there ever thoughts in reference to that when going into a book and being as detailed as you are? I mean I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like when I first did it. When I first started writing the book, I wasn't gonna put that. Is he blood, is he crit? I wasn't gonna put that. Okay. Cause, you know what I mean? Nigga went for blood, cause I was like, how people gonna look at me? Okay. But then I was like, you know what, fuck that. Because at the end of the day, you always got haters out mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. That was, oh, that man, that nigga used to be blood, now he crit. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So you know what? You about to hear it from the horse's mouth, nigga. Mm -hmm. Take it how you want it. Because I'm the type of nigga like, I'm a likable person. Mm -hmm. Niggas fuck mm -hmm. with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I keep it 100. Like, I don't mm -hmm. change faces on niggas. True. So, niggas be like, oh, that nigga. Niggas still say that shit. Yo, I niggas to be blind. I ain't crap. But nigga, I ain't never been pussy, though. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, that's the whole thing. Nigga, I don't give a fuck what I was. Right. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never been pussy. Ain't, nigga, ain't never, you ain't never heard of niggas slapping me, beating me up. You know what I'm saying? Pistol. You ain't never heard of that. 
Tiz, right. I ain't got no dirt on my rap like that. You know okay. what I'm saying? You heard about me. Oh, Tiz was shooting this nigga. Tiz shot this nigga. Tiz pistol with this nigga. Tiz ride this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not saying I'm a super gangster killer, but nigga, I ain't never been the type. Nigga, you ain't. You would never hear a story like he got slapped, he got bitch niggas pressed him. Nah. 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 I'd rather get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Like, knock me the fuck out <laughs> before I, I, I be a bitch. You know what I'm saying? All so. day. The chapter five. Welcome back. That's when I came home. Okay. Yeah. When I came home, it was crazy too. When I came home, mind you, I went from blood to crip, right? Mm-hmm. So I already had these thoughts in my head. When I come home, I'm going to have beef with the bloods and the crips. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because before I went to prison, I was bringing it to the crip niggas. That was in my hood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Before I went to prison, I was blood. I put niggas on. Mm-hmm. So now everybody, you know, Niggas get word in the streets from prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tiz Crip now, Tiz Crip. So I'm like, my niggas gonna hate me. They gonna be mad. Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, how you do that? You put us on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I came home with the mentality like, nigga, it's you against the world. Because mm. first of all, the blood niggas gonna hate you. The Crip niggas ain't gonna trust you. Mm. Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, you beat our ass. You, you did this. You chased us down. You just, mm-hmm. Nigga, we ain't fucking with you. So I came home, I was by myself, still cribbing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like. Did you feel at that point in time you had more something to prove? Did you have to feel like you had to prove like you were more crib than you were blood at that point in time? Or was it still me against everybody? It was, it was I was holding that C up harder than I was holding that B up mm-hmm. on, on the real. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because. Niggas heard about me before I came home. Niggas like, oh, Tiz turned crib in a blood prison. That whole way alone. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I came home, nah, I really, I feel like I ain't had shit to prove because I was in prison banging. I wasn't on the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in prison, niggas gonna respect you more because there's nowhere to run. You sleep with the enemy. Mm-hmm. You see the enemy every day. Mm-hmm. In the street, you can hide. Right. You can skip town. Right. I'm sleeping with y'all niggas. Right. You know what I'm saying? So no, I ain't had shit to prove to niggas. Okay. The only thing I was gonna prove to niggas if niggas try to press me and be like, nigga, you nigga, you fuck that, you Yeah, now I'm about to I'm all on your ass. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But nah, I felt like I ain't had nothing to prove because niggas already heard about me. Okay. So you you felt like I mean, was it a, a easy transition coming home and then and, and, you know what I'm saying? Not throwing a C up instead of a B, was that was that was it more of something that was in your mind than what it what you actually experienced when you got home? It was it was easy for me, bro. Like it, it was that ass easy for me. Like when I came home, I was I was super crip, bro. I was I was even changing. I was on some real West Coast shit. I was really I was changing my B words to C's. I'm talking about kicking, caxi, and cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, all that. Uh, just just changing everything. Like. When I say blue is clue, mm-hmm. or know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I say buster, he a custer, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was talking like that. You know what I'm saying? So I was really on that shit hard. You know what I'm saying? Embracing the whole, the right. whole thing. I was going crazy with it. Okay. And when I came home, nigga, I had like three flags on every day. Okay. I wanted the drama though. Really? I wanted niggas to fuck with me. Just I did. Because you felt like Yeah. Cause I I, I Matter of fact, yeah, I did feel like I had something to prove. Because okay. I wanted niggas to fuck with me. Because okay. I wanted niggas to test me like, oh, nigga, you went up north. I wanted niggas to come do that. 
was it was it more or less of you wanted them to touch you because you were now more super crip or yes because it was just who you are uh-huh. and whoever you whether it's blood or crip whatever whatever it is I'm I'm me yeah. no matter what if you try you gonna catch it I want niggas to test me because they knew I was super cripping. You know what I'm saying? Like, this nigga really went up north. They heard about me. So you wanted the drama. I wanted it. I wanted it. The first week home, nigga, I, I had a 38. I was walking every day with a 30. I'm on parole, nigga. Speaking of that, chapter six. Mm-hmm. Parole violator. Parole violator. I came home, okay. Okay. My bid, my initial bid was a one to three. Mm, okay. Now, on a one to three, the minimum is one year. You could come home in one year, right? right? Which is 12 months. Now, you in New York, you go to parole two months before your release date. Okay. So, I went to parole 10 months. Okay. So, if I be in my parole, I was coming home in two months. So, I didn't want to make my parole. Keep it a buck. I was like, nigga, I don't want to come home in a year. I want years under my belt. That's how young and dumb I was. I was like, nigga, I want years. I want niggas to be like, yeah, Tish just did two years. You know what I'm saying? So... When I came home, I, I went. To, I, I mean, before I came home, I went to parole. I went in there ignorant. So why you had a gun? Because I got shot. Talking to these white people like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. They smacked me. Boom. Take another year. Now my other year on the one to three, they got something called a conditional release, which is your CR date, mm-hmm. which means you they gotta let you go mm-hmm. unless you catch a free world charge. Right. So my conditional release on the one and three was two years. I came home two years. I was like, yeah, now I'm ready to go home. So I went home. And I was home for six months. I came home July 17, 2001. I remember the date. July 17, 2001. Got locked up February 2nd, I think, 2002. Out in July. Locked mm-hmm. up again by February. Yep, by February. So like six and a half months mm-hmm. I was home. You know what I mean? And um the reason on parole, parole violated. This that's a good chapter, yo, because on parole, yeah, my parole officer got me a job. You ever you you seen that movie Eight Mile, right? Mm-hmm. Now you know the job Eminem was working out, it was all parolees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So my parole officer came to me, he was like, Yeah, you, do you wanna work? I was like, Yeah, I wanna work. Okay. He sent me to the job with all parolees. Which we don't supposed to be around parolees. Right. Right. So I was working at a recycling center, mm-hmm. making like five forty-five an hour, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I was on parole and I came I came home, so like I said, I was like, I got beef with everybody. So I used to go to parole, son, word to my kids, with my gun on me. I used to go to parole with my gun on me. On my waist. Mm. Know what I'm saying? And this is the time around when Aaliyah died, 2001, August. And then 2001 is the 9-11 shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they had metal detectors in the parole building. But parolees, we could walk around them because we got the tag, I'm, go- I'm going to parole, I'm going upstairs. Oh, okay, walk around the thing. Nigga, I used to have my gun and my jacket, bro, going to parole. And I thought I was going to get locked up one time because my parole officer, first time he ever asked me to take my jacket off. Cause he, you know, you know they give you the piss test. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been a weed smoker, so I'm gonna pass my shit all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I used to go to parole drunk, tipsy, nigga. Because I used to be at work. Me and my niggas, we used to have a book bag in the bathroom in a stall mm-hmm. with a bottle in it. So mm-hmm. every break we'll go in there. 
Right, we, right. we drunk on the job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all drunk. So after that, we had to report the parole. So we like, all see each other in the little waiting room for our paroles. And mm-hmm. oh, I'm fucked up, nigga. I'm fucked up too, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Right. So this day, my parole also like, Taiwan, relax, man. Take your jacket off. I'm like, all right. And I forgot I had a gun on me. Took my jacket off. Now, you know the chairs with the wood in mm-hmm. the hand? So I took my jacket off and it was like, I was like, the gun hit the handle, but it ain't fall out the pocket. Cause I had a jean jacket, mm-hmm. rocker with. So I was like, oh shit. He was like, you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Mm. He was like, can you piss? I was like, yeah. He said, leave your jacket right there. I was like, oh shit. Mm. All right, so I go in there and piss. You know, they gotta stand in the doorway and make sure you ain't pulling no fake piss mm-hmm, and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, he ain't fuck with me though. Like he ain't, he ain't know the gun was on me, but. I was on parole, dog. I had I had a whole regiment, bro. I used to my curfew was nine. I used to sneak out the house at twelve. I used to tell my mother, when I leave, don't answer the phone, don't answer the door, cause you can't get violated on parole if they come to your house. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. You don't answer the door, or they mm-hmm. call you, you answer the phone. Mm-hmm. They can't violate you, cause they can't prove that you are the home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I had the thing when I used to leave at twelve. My mom, my mama tell my little brother, don't answer the phone, no, not open the door. And I used to leave, bro, and I had to be to work every morning like seven o'clock. I used to be out from like 12 to four. Didn't go to work like this, tired as hell. And I used to be out shooting, gang banging, spray painting niggas' houses, setting shit on fire. Every, I used to sleep with my gun in the window, bro, looking out my window. I mean, not sleep, but just be up with my mm. gun on my window because I was doing so much dirt when I was on parole and my parole officer ain't no. I, I went to parole one time. I remember he said, Taiwan, you're my best parolee. <laughs> and I just smirked. I'm like, nigga, if only you knew, nigga. <laughs> right, basically. I'm like, this right? nigga don't even know. But know what I'm saying? But yeah, parole violated. Then I got violated when I got in the fight. You mentioned something earlier that was, that was kind of interesting. You said that at first, initially, you could have went home after the first year. Yeah. But you didn't want to. Nah. Nah. Why is that? Because I felt like young, the young mentality, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Young and dumb. Mm-hmm. I felt like, because when I went to prison, when, I, when they sent me to prison, I was, it was January mm-hmm. 2000. Mm-hmm. I got locked up October 99, January 2000, three months later, I was up in prison. Mm-hmm. And when I went to parole, it was August. So I only been in I only been in prison like what seven months. So I was like, I don't want to be like nigga. I only did seven months in prison, nigga. I want to do years like everybody else do. You know what I'm saying? Just so, young dumb shit. So you you wanted you wanted okay. So you didn't want to go home because you wanted to state the fact that you did more time. Right, right. To help it build the rep in reference to... To build the rep, yep. Okay. To build the rep. Stupid nigga, yeah. Okay. Yeah, to build the rep. I wanted the S behind my year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you feel like... Well, at the time, you thought that it was helping you, right? Yeah. You thought that it was going to do something that was positive for whatever you wanted it to to create for yourself. Right. Now, older, Mm -hmm. right? Father. Right. Looking back at that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that time was positive for you? 
do you think that maybe if you would have not only did the seven months and out within the year, you would have been worse than? Yeah. I think, me personally, I think I would have came home and caught another one. I think I would have went back to prison for longer. Okay. If they would have released me that quick, because the way my mind was, mm-hmm. how I was like super game banging mm-hmm. and I was I was angry and mad at the world, mm-hmm. nah, I, w- I would have caught another one if I would have came home. Worse. Yeah, yeah. I would have came home and caught probably like five years or something. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Not so much that you were looking for, you just feel like the environment, the yeah. situation yeah. would have brought you to that. Yep. Because I, I be because the world was like different, you know what I'm saying? True. Prison was like, it's it, it's it's real every day. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the streets, I was like, the fuck is this? I'm like, man, this is corny. Like niggas is fake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, I, I'm not used to being around niggas like this. Mm-hmm. So and I had to fight that when I came home too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, if they would have released me that quick. Yeah, I would have went up for more time. Chapter seven. Welcome to Atlanta. Uh, welcome to Atlanta. Welcome to Atlanta. This happened. I came home. I maxed out. Finished my three years. When I just said I violated parole, Uh I had to go back to prison for eight more months Uh to finish my three years, right? So when I came home, my brother called me. I came home October 11, 2002. That was my max date. So two... uh, October 16th, five days after I maxed out, my brother called me. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I got out of prison, I'm on the same shit. I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. Fuck mm-hmm. that. Fuck these niggas. Da, da, da. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my brother called me five days after I got out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo. And it was late, too. It was probably like 12, 1, 12 31 o'clock type mm-hmm. shit. And my brother was like, yo, what the fuck you doing, man? I'm like, what you mean? What you talking about? He was like, nigga, don't act stupid. He was like, what you doing, man? I said, nigga, I'm chilling. What's up? Mm-hmm. I try to act stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, nigga, I'm chilling. I'm laying down. What's right, up? Right, right. He was like, nah, nigga. Clay's called me. Such and such called me. Such and such. And these is reputable hitters. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah. He told me that, nigga, you got niggas scared up there. Niggas are scared of you, nigga. You running, nigga. You chasing niggas down. Niggas running you. Burning niggas' houses up, you you chasing, you shooting shit up, mm-hmm. nigga. What you trying to do? You trying to get killed? Mm-hmm. I was like, and at the time in my mind, yeah, I was chasing death. Mm-hmm. I when I was young, I didn't want to live. I was like, nigga, kill me, nigga. So I was doing so much shit so a nigga could do something to me. Mm-hmm. But niggas wasn't trying to go that way. Niggas was scared. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, well, listen, man, that's what I'm gonna do for you. He said, you want to stay in Utica? I was like, hell nah, nigga. You know I don't, nigga. Nah, every chance I get, I try to get out of Utica. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, well, I'm going to move you to Atlanta. I was like, oh, all right. Because when I was in prison, my brother was signed to an independent record label. Mm -hmm. And he sent me a copy of his album. Mm -hmm. And when I was in prison, I seen my brother on Soul Train. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, damn, my brother doing shit. Remember that episode? Yeah, my mm-hmm. brother was doing it. So I seen this a print. Nigga, matter right. of fact, niggas came and got me. Yo, Ted, yo, fatigue on TV, son, fatigue on TV. I'm like, what, nigga? I'm in my, I'm in my shit, just laying down. You know what I'm saying? Myself. Niggas, yo, fatigue on soul train, nigga. I'm like, what? So I go out. I'm like, oh shit, yo, my brother. So niggas like, yeah, nigga, yeah. So 
I was like, okay, I already knew he was doing his thing. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Going back to that moment, right? Uh-huh. You're sitting in a cell, mm-hmm. right? Your brother's on Soul Train. What's the first thing that goes to your mind? Life change. Nigga, you got to change. Because my brother was, he's my role model. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, he's my mentor. He's my influencer. Mm-hmm. He's my, you know what they say, you know how you got the big brother program? Mm-hmm. He's my mm-hmm. big brother. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I listen to him. I take heed to what he say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I respect everything he say. He mm-hmm. tell me. You know what I'm saying? So when I seen that, I was like, I just started reevaluating my life. Like, nigga, you ain't doing shit. Like, nigga, you just up here. Because my life was really based upon, like, swear to God, bro, like, I wake up every day crip. That's all I thought about. I want to think about my baby. I was like, nigga, crap. That's it. So that was my life. You know what I'm saying? Was seeing your brother, was that reality became a reality for itself that you could accomplish? That's your brother. Right. You feel me? Like, that ain't somebody, that's your, you know what I'm saying? That's your fucking brother. Right, right. And and you you know when it hit me? It's when he said he moved me to Atlanta. Okay. And... I caught the Greyhound because back then I, I ain't fly. I wasn't flying back then, so okay. I caught the Greyhound. Boom! Okay. I, I go down there. Okay. And you know the Greyhound. If you if you familiar with Atlanta, you know the Greyhound's cross street from Magic City, the strip club <laughs> downtown. So, right. So you had a good introduction. Yeah. So good I, introduction yeah, to Atlanta. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so like, get up I'm pretty sure you was waiting for your brother. So you had it. Right. It was oh a good, inter- good, good time. I'm looking. I'm looking, bro, Absolutely. I'm looking up there. I'm like, damn, what the fuck going on? Absolutely. So then. I ain't had no cell phone, so mm-hmm. I was calling my brother from a pay phone. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. where you at, nigga, where you at? He's like, nigga, we on our way, nigga, chill, just chill. Mm-hmm. So then I waited, 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 waited. And you know how the traffic is in Atlanta. So like 30 minutes, I'm like, nigga, where you at? He's like, nigga, I'm right here, nigga. You don't see me? I'm like, nah, nigga, where you at? Nigga opened the door. This nigga was in a stretch limo. I said, oh, shit. I said, my brother doing it for real. Mm-hmm. He picked me up from the Greyhound in a stretch limo. Mm-hmm. He get out. Two chicks get out, my mm-hmm. cousin get out. I'm like, oh shit, I said, nigga. Right. The best introduction to Atlanta ever. I said, nigga, <laughs> I jumped in the back of that stretch. I said, and the stretch, you know, stretches, right. they got bars in right. it. So I'm pouring up. Yeah, nigga. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I got a show tonight. Da 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 da. You coming, nigga? I'm a, I got some clothes for you. Da da da. Nigga, we was on tour. You know what I'm saying? We tore the East Coast up, we tore down South up. And Tone actually was the first time I came here mm. on his tour. Mm-hmm. We came here. I remember the date. It was January 26, 2002, day after his birthday. No, 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 the, his birthday, my bad. His birthday, January 26, 2002, we was here. That was the first time I came to L.A., the West Coast. Then we went to BET Music Awards, December 10th, mm-hmm. 2002. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, January 26, 2003, my bad. That's when we came here. Mm. December 10th, 2002, two months after I got out of prison, we was in Vegas at the Billboard Music Awards, and I was sitting next to Tyrese. I met Phil Mob, the Saint Lunatics. I met Tang, Mike Tyson, Nelly, Chuck D. I had, my brother said, you know how you go in the hotel room and they got the little, the little paper on the desk that you can just write notes? Mm-hmm. Nigga, in my hotel room, nigga, I wrote everybody I've seen, famous niggas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my brother Hype, man, I don't want to get him in trouble, but you know, 
he smashed he smashed Nivea. He smashed Nivea. I was yo, I was tight. I was tight because she had a room on our floor. And she walked past me, nigga. Oh, she walked past me. I'm like, damn. Your brother's gonna Nivea. kill you. Your brother's gonna kill you. Nigga. Man, he smashed Nivea, bro. I was like, damn. Uh, uh. Chapter eight, New York State of Mind. That's when I went back home. Because in Atlanta, mm-hmm. <coughs> in Atlanta, I was wilding out too. Mm-hmm. I was still on my crib shit. So, so after all of the exposure and what your brother exposed you to, no matter what, you were still. Yeah, I was still. I was still in Atlanta, doing that. My brother actually kicked me off the tour, because mm. when I came out here. We, he had a he had a uh, promote he was promoting his album in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Remember the famous VIP store? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He 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 had a setup in front of the store. He was promoting his album there, and I'm across the street talking to some crip niggas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> know what I'm saying? So, uh, I had a blue flag on. I, I remember what I had on. I had an all blue Anichi suit. Remember remember back in the days when we used mm-hmm. to put the rhinestones on our letters? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had that on my Anichi suit, and I had some white Uptown, some Air Forces. And I'm he over here promoting his album. I'm over there talking to Crip niggas with a flag on. My brother, man, don't come out here with that shit. I'm like, nigga, nigga, don't worry about me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And when we was in Atlanta, I had my homeboy with me. He was gangster disciple. We tone, I mean, he wanted an entourage. So we on stage. I'm Crip walking. This nigga gangster walking. So we we making him look bad. It's like it's like okay, this ain't this ain't the attention he want. But me being stuck in that, I was on that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, nigga, I'm fresh out of prison, nigga. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then in Atlanta, I was, I was doing so much dirt, bro. I was extorting BPs. I was running up a barbershop. I was putting guns on niggas. I was clapping at niggas. I was getting clapped at. You know what I'm saying? I was robbing niggas. I was. It was so much dirt in Atlanta. And then my brother just finally got tight and kicked me out of Atlanta. He was like, yo, go home, man. You know what I'm saying? And I went back home. And At that point in time, were you upset with him? It's like a yeah and a no because I'm like, I was mad because I'm like, damn, yeah, nigga, you really kicking me out? Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, go home. But then, no, because it was my fault. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, I brought, I brought this on myself. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I ain't changing. I ain't listening. I'm, I should have been watching his moves, watching him like, damn, this is what he doing. This is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I was like, how much coochie I could get, how many niggas I could beat up, how many people I could rob, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So so when I he sent me back home and that's when I was like, you know what? I gotta do something. Because I'm not like a nine to five nigga. So right. I started moving bud and went back home, started robbing niggas and I started cripping hard again. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So again, Going into the crib and coming into chapter nine, California love. California love. That's when I came over here. When me and my brother, when me and my brother, we moved out here. Mm-hmm. New Year's. Every New Year's, it's another year I've been on the West Coast. You know what okay. I'm saying? Because we drove out here December 30th, 2013. Took us two days to get here. Right. And we drove here from North Carolina. And we got here New Year's Day. Like nine, nine o'clock at night. So we coming over the hill 
and I just see Vegas lit up. Yeah. Com- coming in the driving into Vegas. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. That nigga. was your first time? First time. Well, my second time. Okay. Because he brought me on tour, but we 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 ain't never chill. We just in a hotel, right, right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. So I'm driving so over there. First exposure. First exposure okay, to like okay. the real Vegas. So gotcha. I'm like, oh shit, damn. So we over <clears> here and like after we came over here January first, two thousand fourteen. So by May, I hated Vegas. I was like, man, this niggas is weird. I think black people is weird. I don't care how niggas look at it. <laughs> black people in Vegas is weird, man. Like I don't and I never thought I'd say them words out of my mouth, but I don't like black people in Vegas. I never thought I'd say I don't like black people, man. Really? Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like black people in Vegas. They weird, man. They they not like us. You know what I'm saying? It's it's weird because the the females too, like the niggas and the females, right? Like, I had issues. Let me get into my Vegas shit right quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Vegas people, man. I got like you. I had issues with chicks, yo. I. Me and this bitch start talking. You know what I mean? This chick stopped talking. She cussed me out because I said I don't eat Mexican food. Is that weird? Oh, she's from Cal. She must be from Vegas. Yeah. You don't eat Mexican food? I was like, no, I don't eat that shit. Ew. This is what she said. Ew. So what did you eat then? I'm like, what? What do I eat? I'm like, I'm like, bitch, I'm black. Chicken, spaghetti. You know what I'm saying? Like, I eat food. I don't eat Mexican food. I wasn't raised. I'm from New York. I wasn't raised around Mexican food. Right. Like, we was raised on Puerto Rican and Dominican food. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. I don't know Mexicans in New York. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Now, on the West Coast, like, the black women, I mean, in Vegas, the black women I dealt with, they would ask me, so what you want to eat today? I was like, yo, I told this one chick. I was like, y'all want some baked ziti. She's like, Big Z, what's that? What's that? Oh, I'm like, what's that? Wow. She talking about, well, I, I, I was just going to make some chicken enchiladas. I was like, I don't eat that <laughs> shit, man. Like, I don't eat that. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? She asked me what, what was Big Z. So they all eat Mexican food. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they don't experience nothing else. Mm. Like, they don't. I heard this black chick tell me, ew, pizza's nasty. You eat pizza. I'm like, <laughs> yo. I said, yo. And it's just, they just weird in Vegas, bro. Like, they just, they just fake, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. I don't mess with You're them. not the first person to say that, so don't worry about it. I, I know I'm not. It's not a coincidence, bro. Everybody I know, right, everybody right, I know that's right, living in right. Vegas is not from there. That's true. They all say, yo, these niggas is weird. Okay. It's not a coincidence. That's true. Last chapter of the book, chapter 10. Change will come. Change will come. That that's my to me. Mm-hmm. That's my most in depth mm-hmm. and favorite chapter. Mm-hmm. Because that chapter, I gave people like a journey through my mind mm-hmm. and through my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. I let them know who I was, mm-hmm. how I felt, mm-hmm. my beliefs, mm-hmm. my out of body experiences. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with God. And most importantly, like, the name of the chapter, Change Will Come. So I let them know that, like what Life Jennings said, it's only two things in life that's constant, and that's change and change. You know what I'm saying? So nothing changes if nothing changes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I felt like when I moved over here, I didn't, this time around, 
I didn't come over here like, oh, nigga, crip this, crip that. Nigga, I'm going to be super crip. I got to go to LA. I got to meet all the crips. I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Nah, if it happened, it happened. But I tell niggas straight up, nigga, I'm, I'm not a gangbanger. Mm-hmm. I'm a gang member. I'm not a gangbanger, though. I'm not active. Yeah, I'm a gang member, though. If nigga be like, where you from, nigga? I'm from Euclid Avenue, nigga. Life mm-hmm. the world crip, nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I don't gangbang. Mm-hmm. I'm a gang member. It's a difference. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't come over here to be on that type of time. Mm-hmm. I came over here for a life-changing experience, and that's what I came over here to do. And that was my main objective. That was my main goal. And I achieved that. You know what I'm saying? That's why, I like, what you're doing right now. You're interviewing me about my book. Mm-hmm. If I was back home, that shit wouldn't have came out. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have never did that. It, it would have been too many distractions. You know what I'm saying? Because back home, niggas don't want to do nothing. It's like crab in a bucket. Niggas want to keep you down where they at. They complacent and content with where they at. Mm-hmm. They don't want to move up. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I'm not about to be around that type of shit. That's why... I, I detach myself from shit. That's what a covenant is. Mm-hmm. In French, Greek, covenant means you cut. It's cut. You cut shit out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I cut certain people out of my life because if you, you can't expect different results during the same pattern. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I keep the same niggas in my life, I knew this nigga for 20 years, and we ain't did shit but get drunk and chill and holler at chicks and all that mm-hmm. and we ain't got no type of business mm-hmm. I'm not beneficial to you you're not beneficial to me maybe mentally mm-hmm. we might be beneficial to each other but nigga life ain't about mental mm-hmm. it ain't it's about nigga moving up right you know what I'm saying changing and accepting and respecting change mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying a lot of niggas don't that's why you got niggas my age that still sag their pants and got braids and shit mm-hmm. nigga you're you should, in re- in you, reference to a, a, a change will come, is there anything else that you're looking for forward towards more changes to? Yeah, man. Uh, see, I wanted... How can I put it? Mm-hmm. I wanted... <clears throat> my change, right? I wanted to be ordained as a pastor. Right? Really? Yeah. I want to be ordained as a pastor because me, personally, I know I have a voice. Okay. I have a following. I have people that respect me. I have people that reach out to me okay. and want to know my advice. Okay. And it's crazy because I ain't perfect at all from a long shot. Okay. But. No one is. But okay. right. right. They reach out to me because of my experiences and what I went through. And they like, okay, damn, nigga, I see your life. Because I share my life. I share my journey on social media. Mm-hmm. So they're like, damn, nigga, you, you look happy. You know what I'm saying? How do you do it? Change, nigga. So you, you, you're... At one point in time, you're looking to become a pastor. Yeah. My church can be different, though. And you, do you feel like your, your experiences in life is what's going to help you, guide you to the faith itself? Yeah. Yeah, because for one, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got this far. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have got to the age forty four without faith mm-hmm. and without believing, and most importantly, without change. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I I removed myself from the type of crowds I used to hang with, mm-hmm. type of people I used to be with. I removed myself from the negative. 
know what I'm saying? And um, I just had I just had to do a whole 180, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because I was going down. I was going. I, I was going. I was headed nowhere fast. Because and it's crazy because I actually liked the way I was living. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting nowhere though, but I was content with that dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? I was like, nigga, you know what? Mac on chicks, do this, nigga, have them buy you this, have them buy you that, nigga, da 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 da, nigga, you good. Was there ever a key moment in life that it just made me switch? Yes. It was a couple. The couple. It was a couple. Okay. It was a couple. So there was a few times in life that made you think differently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One of them was me being in jail. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, out here. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, damn, why Why am I in jail? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and this is another reason why I said I don't like Vegas people. <laughs> because, like, me dealing with black women out there, yo, like, I never had a domestic violence on my record, right, ever. Mm. I don't hit women. People know me, they know I don't hit women. Mm-hmm. But in Vegas, you date a black woman, and now I understand why niggas date outside their race out there. Mm. Because it's crazy because when I first moved to Vegas, I used to be like, damn, I always, you don't see no black couples. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to that shit back home. Mm-hmm. You know what of I'm course, saying? We was like, yeah, yeah, black couples. See it all the time. Out there, you don't see that shit. So I'm like, why these niggas don't date? These niggas just like Mexicans and whites. But then, you know, I've been out there. So I started dealing with the black women and everything because I, I love black women. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But I don't discriminate. If I, I fuck with who fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? For real. So, but I go after the black women first. Right. So, it's like, I started dealing with the black women, but then when I break up with them, nigga, one day I was driving, driving, get pulled over. Oh, you got a warrant. A warrant? You crazy. I ain't, I ain't come out here to do no dumb shit. I'm clean. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got a, a warrant for what? Domestic violence. But domestic violence mm. from who gave me her name? I was like, nigga, they booked me. Left my car right there, booked me. Cause I broke up with a black bitch. Left her alone. And what? What they they charge you with? What? DV, nigga. No proof. No physical evidence. No bodily harm. No injuries. Nothing. It's still on my record. From leaving a black chick alone in Vegas. I got two, nigga. I got pulled over with my girl last year. I went to jail for 30 days. DV. But there's never been any type of police record filed in in reference to any type of domestic violence situation? In Vegas, dog, the the only thing the chick need to know is your first and last name. And they'll open a case on you. Seriously? Seriously. This bitch wrote two statements on me, bro. Talk about I pissed her, whipped her, put a gun on her, all types of shit. And I went to jail for that. I did 30 days fighting it. They tried to give me six years, nigga, with no proof. Word. That's why I said I don't fuck with Vegas people. <laughs> shit Can't fault you on that one. Shit crazy, bro. They laws out there is crazy. Nigga, you don't need no proof to get locked the fuck up out there. If you deal with a chick and you leave her alone and she know your name, oh, that's primo such and such. And you get pulled over. Don't say my name, B. Don't even, that's why we don't go to Vegas. Don't even say it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh. Nah, 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 nah. All right, so, so fam, so look, so 
the books or what's next? Any, anything else in the works? I got another book coming out. Another book. Another book I'm writing. I got, I'm 13 chapters in called Beautiful Struggle. Mm. Yeah. And this this book is different from the first one. This one is like, I'm not going to say it's like, my first book was like an autobiography of my life. Okay. So you getting me firsthand. Okay. So, but this book is like, it's more or less of me. If you look, when you read the name, the title of the chapter, that's what I'm talking about. So this is not like in story form. It's like, if I got a, like my first chapter is Teenage Love. So you already know what that's about. My teenage years, blah, 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 blah. Then I got a one called I Gave You Power, Can't Knock the Hustle. You know what I'm saying? So uh, is this second book also song titles? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm the first one to do that, y'all. Don't don't forget that. First one to write a book where every chapter is named behind one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's dope though. It kind of gives gives your uh, your audience an opportunity to get a soundtrack of you know right. your state of mind and reference to writing a story. Right. It's a beautiful thing, man. This one, yeah, but this one's not a story though. I mean, it's I mean, it's like my teen, the teenage love one is right. like yeah my teenage years and it's not like it's just basically talk about like what I did in my teenage years and. Basically, the teenagers of the '80s, growing up in the '80s and okay. the '90s. Know what I'm saying? Okay. I, I told one. I told one thing. <laughs> I said, and it's real, and I know you can relate. I said, when we were younger, there was no social media. Of course, our social media was meeting at the mall, being social, being social <laughs> out at the park. Our social media was when we walking down the street in the hood. And we walk past one of our friends' house, and we see like four bikes in the front. We know our friends is there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. I was like, that was our social media. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So we're like, oh, that's, oh, that's Mark back right there. Oh, right. these right. niggas right. over here. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So that was our social media. So I got when I was talking about that part right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Meeting up at the mall on Fridays, and you know what I'm saying? Right. Catching the city bus, just you know what I'm saying? Right. So that 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 teenage love. That's like one of my favorite chapters in that book okay. because it was like. Same shit I was talking about, like okay. kids on the sidewalk with the chalk, water guns, double dutch, people. Mom, your mom sent you to the store with a note, with mm-hmm. the food stamp book. I got you to Friday or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just like us growing up in the 80s. Like you read that chapter, bro, you're like, damn. It's a good flashback. Yes. That okay. that first chapter going to snatch you like that. Okay. You can be like. So I'm going to read it and I'm going to be able to smell the barbecue yeah. and I can. Just hear the the music playing. Yeah. And just, just gonna pull you gonna me be in. at a cookout. You gonna be at a cookout like, That's yo, this is crazy. Like this nigga, he hit it on a knob. Cause it's so long. I had so much to say. Yeah. Know Details, I mean? right? Like, man, it was crazy, bro. I, that that teen. I just read that chapter the other day. Talk like, nigga, yeah, you did your thing with this. So when when is the time frame for the second book to come out? The second book, I'm thinking like, probably third quarter. Like August, okay, September type okay. shit. You know okay. what I'm saying? This year, yeah, this year, 2023. Okay, but don't call me though because I might, I might fuck around and do it like. I'm gonna just say this between June and October. Okay, you know what I'm saying? For I sure. don't have an exact date because I got to do the promotion, market, and all that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you do all the publishing. Yeah, yourself. I do all the yeah. So yeah. it's all in house for you. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. So you also write, author, and publisher. Yeah. Okay. And I got a publisher company too, Gator Publishing, man. If 
y'all want books done, holla at me, man. DM me, my social media. Again, my social media. Go ahead. You make, make sure we definitely have that information. Social later. media, Instagram, T-I-Z underscore D-A underscore G-A-T-O-R 315. That's Instagram. My Facebook is just Tiz the Gator. T-I-Z-D-A-G-A-T-O-R. You'll see me. You know what I'm saying? And you could go YouTube and follow me on, on YouTube with Tiz the Gator too. Everything is Tiz the Gator, man. You know what I'm saying? Everything is Tiz the Gator. You know what I'm saying? So y'all could definitely reach me. If y'all got a story to tell, because I, I, I advise everybody to write a book, man, because no matter who you are, you can help save somebody. You could change somebody's life. You know what I mean? Because I had people inbox me. Bro, it's crazy. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a story. I had this one dude, man, Ray. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. His name was Ray. He was from San Diego. Ray, his last name was like Escavel or something like that. He was in a wheelchair. 24 years old, got in a car accident, paralyzed him, had the throat thing mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And he inboxed me one day. And he was like, bro, I always wanted to tell you, like, you changed. Your song changed my life because I used to do gospel rap uh, when I moved when I first moved to Vegas, in 2014. I used to do gospel rap, so I performed in San Diego, and he was there. And he inboxed me. He was like, "Bro," he said, "Your song changed my life." He said, "I seen you perform that song." He said, "I was there that day." He told me, "I said, damn, yeah, yeah, I did do that show there." He was like, "Yeah, I was there." He said, "Yo, bro, you changed my life, man. Praise God." I love you for that, brother. Da 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 da. I look up to you, blah blah blah. And he died like three months later. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was just telling my dude about this yesterday. I had people from, I had this one dude, shout out Michael Benjamin from Cape Cod, Africa, South Africa, hit me up on Facebook. Mm. I heard your music in Africa. Then a DJ from Canada, Toronto, hit me up. Mm-hmm. Bro. Your song changed my life. I play this song every Saturday night in Toronto on my radio station. So the reason I say that is because my main goal is to, like, help people change their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, help them, mainly help them get closer to God, get a better relationship, and understand who your true being is. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because, like I said, man, change is the only thing that's constant. Know what I'm saying? And like I just I just try to help people, bro. Like I don't do it for the income, I do it for the outcome. Mm. Know what I'm saying? Say that so again. I do it for the I do it for the I don't do it for the income, I do it for the outcome. Mm. Know what I'm saying? You just I gotta leave that. a legacy. I that. Know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta leave a legacy. Know what Speaking I'm of leaving a legacy, when it's all said and done, what would you want the legacy of Tisday Gator to be? Anybody could do what they want and be what you want to be. You could, you could, you could, you could, you could. How I want to say? I'm trying to word this right. Say, say what it is. Anything, say how you feel okay. it. Anything you want to be, bro, it's possible. Mm. You could mm-hmm. be what you want to be. You don't have to be content with your life. Mm. You know what I mean? That. Stop being stressed out and like, oh, I can't do nothing. Because a lot of, I used to be that type of dude to mm-hmm. be like, I got a felony, oh, the white man holding me back. I used to, mm-hmm. I used to do all that shit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So then I was like, nigga, I started weighing out my options. I'm like, nigga, I'm talented. Mm-hmm. I got gifts that God gave me, mm-hmm. blessed me with. Mm-hmm. 
nigga, use that to get paid. Be your own boss. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. Because I'm not with the, I ain't gonna work for you and make you rich. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because like I tell people all the time, a job is just that, a job. Mm-hmm. J-O-B means just over broke. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Cause soon as you pay the bills, you like, yeah, how many things, how many times you hear people say or put on social media, shit, I might be broke, but all my bills paid. Mm. So what you working for? Mm. You working to be broke? Mm. You driving a 2023 mm. with a core of gas, but your bills paid, but you waiting for that next check. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I like money every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's no way that I could work for somebody, a man or a woman, when their job, a boss's job, is only to provide you with a check. Mm-hmm. It's not to make you rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So why should I work for you? Mm-hmm. I could work for myself. I could go out there and sell hoodies. I could sell three hoodies and make $60 mm-hmm. instead of working five hours getting $60. Mm. I could so make true. $200 a day selling my own shit. Entrepreneurship. Exactly. To people start thinking like that, mm-hmm. niggas rather work for somebody. I had my cousin say, yeah, I like working for the white man. I'm like, <laughs> you a fucking slave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what's wrong with this. Well, we're not even going to get into that one. That'll be a whole bunch. Right. We, woo! Man. Listen, babe. You know what I mean? Listen, man. So, again... Super proud of you, bro, for the book. Definitely, definitely. That ass, you know what I'm saying? Word up. It's a beautiful thing. Not only did you make a book for yourself, but you also made sure you gave an an outlet and an avenue for others to be able to tell their story. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's always a beautiful thing, man. Always a good thing to be able to reach back out and and help those looking for an opportunity as well. Right. So definitely when the second book comes, we got to sit down and get this definitely, thing jumping. Definitely, definitely. You feel me? Definitely. Definitely, you know what I'm saying? Make sure we we, we, we come, that we sit down together as family, break bread, make sure the people know about the book. Right. Put them onto the link to where we're going, where they can get it. Since we definitely got it, on, uh, it's on Amazon now, right? Yeah, A Chance of Life, the first book is on Amazon right now. All right, you know so we're definitely going to make sure we have the link and all that information in the description below. You may sir, so the people could definitely check out the book. Definitely. Um, you got any the future engagements coming up? Well, we um, I'm working on I'm working on trying to get it like a web series. You okay. know what I'm saying I okay. do want to do. Okay. I do want to do a movie for my book. Okay. I want to do a soundtrack. I want to do a movie. Okay. You know what I'm saying definitely tap into this type of shit. I want a podcast. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Um, I'm working. We got some things. We got some. We got. We got some things to get done this year. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yes. We got some things to get done this year. Jordan numbers. Jordan. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Got some things to get done this year. It's not a game, yo. It's not a game. It's not a game. I got music too. You want to say to the people before we slide up out of here? I know you got some music coming through. I know. Man. Yeah. Next time we we gonna. Yeah, we gonna we gonna do that. Okay. I'm saying we gonna do that. Y'all heard it here first. Yeah. Tis the gator. We're going to definitely lock into that next thing coming through. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Anything else you want to say anybody before we slide up out of here? Yo, man. Um, I just want to say, like, follow your goals, man. Mm. Make everything happen. My brother always told me it's only three people in the world. It's people that make it happen, people that watch it happen, or people that don't do shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to tell you like this, man. The only things that come to a sleeper is dreams, nigga. 
Tiz. You know what I'm saying? Make it happen, yo. You ain't disabled. You got a mind. Tell them all the time you're not handicapped, you're handicapable. Right, I'm handicapable, man. Listen, so, again, closing out for the fam. You already know it, bro. Yeah, you already know appreciate it. Appreciate you. you so, like I it. said, man, we're gonna do this again soon. Definitely, definitely. Shout out to Tony, Tony Television. Always, you know what I'm saying, making it official, making it happen here for us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we out. Three one five, baby. Three one five, yo. Three one five. It's another one in the books, man. Let's do this. All right. Stand on top like I'm King Kong. Yeah. Paddle niggas like a ping pong. Yeah. Run my block like I'm King Vaughn.